Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of the Baby Metal Podcast. It's June 30th, 2019, as we record. The podcast is a place where we gather on something like alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I am Paul, and this is Garrett. Hello. Uh, just us today. Kevin is on assignment in Japan, and will return with show reports next episode, and Vars couldn't make it either. But there's so much news that we had to record something. So, um, what I think we're going to do is kind of run through uh, just all the various news things, and this is probably the first time that it might be the case that you listening to it have missed something. Probably none of you who are sitting in the in the podcast room <laughs> as we record have missed any of these things, but uh, please help us out if we're if we are missing things. The last time we recorded was before before everything, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So, Papa Ya was, was we're talking about it being a fruit song. Yeah, right. And we didn't know what it heard, what it, what it sounded like. We hadn't heard it yet. But so I think probably the first thing to say um, is that people started getting the Dark Knight Carnival download 2018 and the you know the the bonus song, which mm-hmm. turned out to be a Papa Ya uh, set. I think as early as June 25th, they were mailed on June 25th. And actually, what was I thought somewhat amusing about that was that they were. Um, they were marked as shipped out at 1644. Um, this was true of mine, and this was true of other people's as well. And for those keeping score at home, that is 444. That's actually hilarious. It is. It is totally amazing <laughs> that they could, because the thing is that this is um this isn't entirely under their control. I think. I mean, like they had to, they had to get it to the you know the post at that time. Mm-hmm. So. I'm excited to watch Dark Knight Carnival. I haven't seen anything from it. Like, I was one of the shows that I didn't see any, like, cell phone footage or anything from it, so it's going to be a completely new experience for me. Yeah, and I I didn't seek it out because it's because it's coming, but I don't have it in my hands yet. So um, so I also haven't seen it, except for the little mm-hmm. clips that we've seen. Uh, but I am looking quite forward to watching that. Um what else to say about that? Uh, we will, oh yeah, the starlight. The, we'll we'll have a good, the good impressive oh, oh, starlight. Yes, yes, we have, we don't have one of those yet. So that'll be cool. Um, the the golden disc, this kind of ridiculous thing, um, turned out to actually look quite a bit like the picture, and then the disc is gold, and it is, and it, so the song is Papaya, which they released um, on the twenty eighth. So people are starting to get this on the twenty fifth. A couple of days before the actual release of the song. Okay, that's gonna be either get get the early listen. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's probably just given how it went all over everywhere immediately. It's relatively well known that the song was leaked even in advance of that. Um, yeah. So I think I heard it like not ten minutes or so after it got leaked. I think it was spammed on here as soon as it was. yeah yeah um clearly the plan was to have the whole have it basically june 28th was the day everything was going to happen um but you know so it was scheduled to be released the papaya was scheduled to be released on the 28th although i don't don't even know if we were supposed to know that um i think we did get a little bit of an early announcement from you know the actual team but not that early i mean we knew last episode that it was coming I think it was no, it was listed on that one. Was it Shazam? 
Yes, yeah, no, I think I think you are right in that uh, it's the Shazam database we believe. Yeah, I mean, so that's what they're getting their data from. But this this site that predicts when things come out um, predicted that before before we recorded last time, so we knew the name of this thing. Then that mm-hmm. was going to be a single. We even had album art, and we had oh, album this. art. Yeah, that's right, because we talked about that last time. Mm-hmm. But uh, so when we got it, reactions were mixed. Um, yes mixed mixed tending negative initially um and well so maybe you want to say something about that i i think it was i I like i would like to believe that the mixed feelings were like solely based on it featuring somebody else Mm -hmm. like a person i didn't know who this f hero was and i feel like the vast majority of the fan base didn't either and it just caught everybody off guard knocked us off our feet a little bit something we weren't expecting um at first i didn't like it I didn't, I didn't. I felt like that rap section didn't fit into the song at all. I felt that his name was a bit inappropriate for a band that appeals to a lot of kids too. But it's abbreviated, so it's not that big of a deal, I guess. Um, mm. I don't know. I've grown to like it. It's actually it's made it on multiple Spotify playlists of mine. Yeah. So the um, just to fill in the back details for the possible person who's listening, it turned out that the like actually if you even run this through Spotify, well, they you know the leak. It turns out that it's Papaya featuring F hero. And when you listen to the song, it's got this, you know, it's got this rap break in the middle. It's sung in Thai and F hero himself is a, like a, a big deal, <clears throat> like Thai rap artist. I mean, like, but he sings in Thai. He's basically known in Thailand. Uh, and it was really pretty jarring to have somebody else mm-hmm. involved in a song like this. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, like, you know, the F in F hero, stands for something that you wouldn't want to normally be buying your kids, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the reactions were pretty, pretty bad at first. Um, I myself, you know, I mean, like, I also sort of thought of it negatively initially, and I have pretty much entirely come around. Oh, yeah. I've come around a lot, especially what really did it for me was, I'll go ahead and link in the chat, it's the, um, he actually, like, translated the lyrics from his, his section and then posted it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I uh, I don't feel like a lot of featured artists who are who are foreign do that when they know that their music's gonna be heard all around the world. Right. I don't know. It's something I appreciated. Oh, yeah, and a lot of I think the reactions started with people knowing exactly two things. This is well, maybe three. This is a rap artist. They knew the guy's name, and they knew that it wasn't the people we were used to hearing. Yes. <laughs> um, and once you actually sort of dig into it a little bit. He's great. I mean, he's a he's a he's a, a total yeah. lovable guy. Yeah. I judging from the picture he posted with with Moa Metal and Sue Metal, dude looks like he's like what six five. Looks giant. Oh yeah, yeah. His daughter's yeah. adorable. Yeah, so uh, so he I think he's pretty well known for you know he, he's constantly like you know posting things about his his daughters and or his daughter i mean and um and his family and stuff and they, they, he posted some really excellent photos of sue and ma like showing the his daughter how to do the the fox sign and stuff and yeah yeah really really great photos um after the yokohama show that we will talk about later f hero posted uh some well so he posted those photos that we were just talking about with both you know the after show photo had him and Sue and Ma, and then he also posted these these kind of like uh, similar setup photos, except with his daughter. But he also posted uh, a really pretty interesting 
kind of discussion of his involvement in this project. Um, and it was all in Thai, but you, you can run it through translator. And it's, it, I mean, the story is interesting. He gets this, you know, he gets an email from out of the blue from this guy he's never heard of, you know, <laughs> does a little bit of internet research to find out, okay, well, at least this, the name of the guy matches what he's asking for. But um, he seemed a little bit puzzled, you know, at first uh, <laughs> as to like, why am why is he being asked to do this? Um, and so, but, uh, you know, after sort of meeting and discussing it and stuff, they wound up, um, you know, sort of trusting each other and trusting each other's intentions. And, you know, actually F Hero got to participate a fair amount in suggesting like what goes into the song and what, you know, it, like he helped craft the song. It's a, somewhat of a joint effort. Um, I think the specification about it, the, the papaya part was given to him, but so that, that was really interesting, just the story. But also the um, the kind of like the most sort of like heartbreaking and endearing part of this was the uh, the part where he, you know, sort of talks about <clears throat> the thing being released, and then getting this this horrible barrage of like negative energy from the uh, from the, you know the various social media outlets, mm-hmm. which is totally That's, crappy. Yeah, I feel really bad. I feel like I contributed to that at least a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 uh, I didn't I message I, him directly or anything. I didn't go out of my way to insult him, but right. But a lot of people, a lot of people did, you know, sort of mm-hmm. at him, you know, specifically say, you know, that's you're, you're ruining our song. What are you doing? You know, um, or worse. And so, I mean, in as part of the story, he's he talks about feeling like even just days before the thing that we'll talk about later, um, thinking that he was going to basically just like. Pull out, pull out and ask to have his part removed from the song and just like it really just sounded pretty awful um but what the the nice thing is after the show after basically you know everything kind of became public he said it all like all the negative stuff just evaporated that's good i'm happy about that yeah a little disappointing and that we had to go through it's that still, road to get there yeah Especially now that I think a lot of people's opinions have changed about it now that it's had time to be played live. I think it being played live now is a huge thing. Yeah. Um, people, I, I, I liked it better live, personally. But then again, I can't think of a single baby metal song I don't like better live. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, um, of course, it, it would have been impossible to, to keep the topic segregated, so we're kind of jumping around a little bit here. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but let me, um, let me just sort of insert here that the uh sort of the big concert event was the uh Yokohama shows on the 20 what was it 28th and 29th uh so you know the just just recently as we're recording and uh although it was supposed to be basically a secret um F Hero had posted uh on his own page that he was doing guest appearances in Japan on the 28th and 29th and it's like you know what else could this be that's a but- huge flag <laughs> So, so we knew in advance that he was going to be there, uh, you know, and he, whatever he, he's, you know, he's there for one, one song. Uh, mm-hmm. but, um, it's, you know, so, so, I mean, uh, that already also was, was kind of at first putting people on edge, but it is, uh, uh, I think it, it went, it went phenomenally. So, mm-hmm. and we'll I talk agree. more about the concert, but yeah. Uh, what did I want to say? Oh yeah. The, on, on Papaya though, before we, before we leave that. Just on the content of the song. Oh, the content, yes. Yeah, so I don't know I don't know what your experience was with this. Um but with all of these songs when they're new, 
I don't know what I think of them, and they grow on me. I think that essentially when I learned what this was saying is about when it, when it turned around for me. <laughs> this is a, it's such a goofy song. It's, you know, it's about like, well, I mean, it has, you know, it's, it's the, the main sort of chorus is like, you know, it's the festival. It's a festival, mm-hmm. a spicy salad song, Make noise. salad dance, you know, what is this? It's, it's, you know, fun summer goofiness that I just love to mm-hmm. see. And it really, it really could have, it captured, it meshes well with the music once you kind of see it together. And th- that just turned it around for me, I think. I agree. I, I read these lyrics a couple days, well, as soon as they got released, and I'm like, whoa. I thought, honestly, I, whenever I was listening to it in Japanese, I felt that they were repeating a lot of words. I don't know Japanese at all. But and then I come in here and they are, I'm like, oh, but it makes sense. It's cool. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I I can't wait to see it live personally. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. No, it is um seeing the fan cams from the from the live performance that they did. It I mean it just totally blew the place apart. <laughs> oh yeah, and the choreography I think was pretty great too. Yeah. So anyway, so I I uh I approve now much more of that song than I did uh in between when we recorded last and now. Um I really quite really quite like it. I've listened to it a lot now. <laughs> So yeah, when the when people got their Dark Knight Carnival sets, it had the download twenty eighteen show on it as well. And in the place where we thought we would see tattoo, there was instead this Kagero name. What is that? Um and so I guess that's the new name that or the actual name for tattoo, Kagero. Uh and the, the word's actually in the song. Um and it means something sort of like, you know, heat haze. Uh also has a second meaning spelled differently in kanji that means like mayfly, which you know, very short-lived insect representing ephemeralness. Either one is probably reasonable, although I think that the heat haze is a little bit more uh, appropriate. Mirage. Yes. Yeah. The reason we thought it was called tattoo, th- those reasons were good good reasons. Uh, one was it was written as tattoo on a set list in one of the 2018 shows. So, you know, we, we saw it and uh, also, Mikiko has it on her site, um, the choreographer. That's one of the credits she takes. So um, it's reasonable to think that she called it Tattoo. They called it Tattoo. Um, but now they've given it an actual name. Um, it's interesting that it's written in this Romanji. I don't know what to make of that. It, it re- maintains the ambiguity. There are other things on that disc that are written in Katakana. So it's not like they're avoiding... Japanese writing, so who knows? Uh, but it's at least not tattoo anymore. I, I think I think I'd prefer it as tattoo, but I don't know why. My problem with tattoo is it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> like, You're right, but it's easy to say. True. Yeah, and we've been calling it for tat- calling it tattoo for a very long time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a there was a festival that uh, I forget which one it was, but one of the festival streams um, had actually put the song titles up on the screen and for that one last year they they used untitled for it so was that rock on the range uh it's i think it wasn't i think it might i think it might might have been the one after that the rock the german rock, one m ring or rock on the range rock on the range was the the u.s one First, and then there they there were two German festivals. One was Rock M Ring, and one was Rock something similar, yeah. but not that. Yes. Uh, so, 
anyway, but yeah, so, so we never, we never had a, a real, um, title from them until now. Anyway, it's interesting. That's news. There's much more news to talk about. <laughs> yes. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's see. So I think probably maybe we can get to you know, what you might have thought was the big news. Yeah. <laughs> you want to say Plot it? twist. Um, Metal Galaxy is announced. Yes. Brand new album. That is huge news. If you have not heard yet, we got a new album coming, ladies and gentlemen, October 11th, same day as the Forum show in LA. 16 songs. What was it? Two CDs, right? Two disc? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Um, not including the 30 versions of it. Yeah. Or editions. There, the, thing, the, the bizarre thing about this is that there is there are versions of this that have only one CD. I don't know if they have fewer than mm. 16 songs or not. It is really unclear. Um, but yeah, so so we now have really totally official confirmation. You know, Metal, Ga- Metal Galaxy is the name of it. Um, the release date is October 11th. Well, you know, actually, I was going to... I had this idea before we started recording. I was going to start by reminding people that way back at the beginning of the year, we had a tweet that said, you know, expect big things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I think, you know, we are reaching those big things now. Big things. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, but yeah, so the, the thing about this album is there are a ridiculous number of editions. So um, there is something that we're, you know, all the U.S. ticket buyers are getting with their tickets. Presumably, if there's a U.S. version, it is the U.S. version. Uh, there is, a, there's a, there many special editions one is called sun comes with two cds in a in a like a 12 inch lp sized jacket uh there's a moon one i'll assume the sun one sort of is sue like and the moon one is sort of moa like uh, there is the japan complete edition which comes in three versions <laughs> at least um so there's the complete edition special edition two cds and a dvd the dvd has music clips so probably videos um, the complete edition with two CDs and no DVD. There's the complete edition on two vinyl records. Uh, and if you get them in the U.S. store, at least, and I think this was on the U.K. store too, they come in both opaque and transparent. Uh, there's uh, the one edition on A-Smart as well uh, that comes with a DVD of a future live show. So, uh, Is your- Unbelievable. Yeah, I got a question for you here. Is your mouth watering at the idea of buying every single one of these? Uh, you say that like it's in the future tense. <laughs> I was making, making a joke. You bought all the different apocrypha versions. I can totally see myself buying all of these, even though I don't need literally 16 discs. But <laughs> Oh, well, and plus any, any that you get from your shows, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I... Uh, I'm in already for all these things, except. Oh wow! I think um, the, I think Asmart has a vinyl version that I did not get, but. Um, I I'd like to get the Sun and the Moon, maybe. Mm-hmm. I doubt I can get all of them, but I definitely want to get at least a couple. Yeah, I think if you really want to get everything, um, you can. I mean, you like if you want to have all the all the media. I think probably if you get the the one edition and probably the complete edition with the dvd you'll wind up with everything um so the 
DVD that comes with the complete edition edition will have the, the videos and the uh, DVD with the, the one edition will be a live show. And I'm almost like, I'm very angry almost about them saying DVD and not Blu-ray. Blu-ray. <laughs> Tragic. Maybe mm-hmm. it was a typo. Maybe they'll come out with a Blu-ray. Yeah. Well, what they'll do, this is what they'll do. As soon as they've sold a sufficient number of these, they will say, oh, and here's another, the one edition with the Blu-ray. <laughs> so, so that you will have bought the DVDs already. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> of course. That'll be fantastic. But So, yeah, that's exciting. 16 songs. Um, Ooh, that's a lot of songs. Mention the price of the of Metal Galaxy only being $14, like just the CD on their merch site. Oh, that's good. That's cool. I feel like that's cheaper than the average CD. They they want to sell as many of these as they can. Oh yeah, I'm totally convinced that's, of that now. That's why they're giving giving them away with every ticket, or selling them with every ticket. I think if you yeah, te- be technical, technically, but, yeah. Um, but I think I mean they're um they're on their way. I think to charting with this. Uh, just because even if even if the Fan base isn't that huge. Everybody's got to buy nine of them. Yeah. Everybody who cares enough about the band is going to buy several copies of the album. Yeah. But, okay. So, that was huge news. That would be that would be a, like a podcast episode on its own, on its own probably, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, then they, but then they also uh, announced, like, a gigantic tour. <laughs> they already yeah, had huge. a gigantic tour. What's what's crazy is like they're going all over the place like day to day. I guess yeah. is a a proper tour. Like they say they say true world tour, but again they're not going to Australia yet, or they haven't announced anything for Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a uh, they have a Japan Japan dates. So in November they yeah. have four dates in Japan. Uh, then all and, over the place Europe. They're even going to Russia. Yeah, and so and then yeah, so and then in, in Europe um, they start in. There, I mean, this is way in advance. This is February third, twenty twenty, is when they start. Um, mm-hmm. They start in Stockholm. Uh, they go to Oslo, Copenhagen, Hamburg, Paris, Vienna, Cologne, Berlin, Brussels, Tilburg, Glasgow, Cardiff, Manchester, London, Helsinki, Saint Petersburg, Russia, which is amazing. Moscow, Russia. Um, that is seventeen shows. If you weren't counting along, that's absurd. <laughs> uh, but uh, okay, so that's so I would, I did the I you know, computed this all up. That's 17 shows in Europe. Before that, there were four in Japan. Before that, there were 20 in the U.S. Uh, we still have Brixton, two, two Nagoya shows, Super Slippa, Summer Sonic. Um, and so if I counted that all up correctly, basically since we started here, that's 50 shows, <laughs> which is amazing. Yes. So glad we're getting a lot of shows. Again, they're doing things. They're not stagnant. They're finally whole. To us, they're not stagnant anymore. To them, they're probably super busy recording and writing an album, but mm-hmm. that's exciting. They're picking up the pace, and I feel like they're when this album drops, it's going to be huge because they're going to all these shows. They're promoting themselves a lot this year. Yeah, they really seem to have gone all in. And uh, the other th- thing I like about this is that it really goes very far into the future. Um, there's one more thing that we will get to at some point that goes even further into the future. But I mean, like they're they're planning in March 2020. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know, we know they're still going. Anyway, yeah, I don't have all that much more to say about that, except that it's just amazing. Um, so if you were in, in or near any of those cities that I listed, uh, 
go. I think it was pretty well anticipated that they were going to announce some kind of UK tour. Since before this, we only thought Brixton was going to be the only UK show. Or Oh, and I think it is, in fact, the only one in 2019, as they In 2019, claimed. yeah. But yeah. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be this big. I, I knew they were going to... I, I knew, in quotation marks, that they were going to do some kind of European tour, but this is amazing. Yeah, this this um, this um, probably would have been what we had hoped for for Fox Day. Uh, mm-hmm, for sure. We, this time, uh, Fox Day came on June 28th. Thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to recap, we had Papaya uh, on June 28th. We had, uh, this is also the first day of the new concerts, the Yokohama first night was June 28th. We had the album announced. We had the tour announced. But I think all that was on the same day, was it not? I think it all came within a couple hours of each other. I could yeah. be wrong. Okay, so we had the in, in Yokohama, then we had they had two big shows. And we will get a first hand report of this next time. Um there were some there were a couple of fan cams. Not not many, and they didn't last super long, but there were a couple that, that uh, showed us something about what was what was happening in those shows. And there was a uh, um, should I say this? I don't know. But anyway, there was an audio recording of the whole first day, um, which was great. Yeah, that, I listened to that. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sound was good. I did the same thing actually with Legend S as I did with this one, uh, the Yokohama one, which is on the second day. I just listened to the first day, and uh, since the set list didn't change <laughs> and the timing didn't change, it was uh, I was it was as if I was there listening. I don't know why I didn't think to do that. I just sat there and listened to it, and so as soon as I found it, mm-hmm. um, should we talk about the set list now? Or we're gonna save that for a little bit later. Well, there's like a million things to talk about about these shows. I don't yes. even know what what order to to go in. I suppose we probably should maybe start with kind of like what what happened at the beginning. <laughs> there was a surprisingly clear thing that they said, um, and so let me let me see if I can read this here quickly. Uh, so okay. over the span of approximately ten unpredictable years. Baby Metal has left many legends, and then the logos scroll by from the various things, um, and we'll be facing an all-new battle starting in the land of the rising sun. And then, okay, so whatever, boilerplate lore. Um, <laughs> okay, and then it says vocal and dance, Sue Metal, scream, and then and as they put the names, they also sort of illuminated the people, right? Scream and dance, Mo Metal, illuminate, uh, and then. And then what they say next is, and to support Sumetal and Mometal, three brave Avengers were summoned by the Fox God. Today, one out of those three chosen dancers will be selected, but who will be selected? Only the Fod God knows. I don't know why I was the Fod God. Somebody was not awake. <laughs> but at any rate. Fod um, God. It's all caps even. Yes. But uh, the thing about that is, you know, so they really drew a very sharp line between like these are the people that we're here for and these are the people that are supporting them mm-hmm. and not only that but we're going to pick one out of the three and we're not going to tell you who was there rumor of them i don't know if we should get into them the possibility of picking one of them permanently i saw some banter going on in a general discord chat i wonder how long they're going to continue just to switch between them or if they're going to keep doing that so okay so my my feeling on this basically is that people have been saying they should pick one for like a year. 
Um, and I don't think anything has really changed on that. Uh, so the people who think they should pick one still think they should pick one, I believe. One interpretation of this could be that this this is like, you know, I don't know, some sort of reality show <laughs> and they're competing for a spot. In which, in which case, like the idea is that, that it, like the way that would go is that at the end of all this, one of the three would be there forever afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. That might be what they're thinking about, but I actually really don't think that um, that's going to happen anytime soon. I mean, I, I assume that this is going to continue for many of those 50 shows that, you know, it's, it's going to be somebody in the support role. It's going to be picked from one of those three people. We're not going to be told in advance who it is, but... But, um, you know, that's still going to continue to change. I'm going to pull a quick little prediction here. I feel like on the tours that have, like, the next day, like, say, in Oslo, Norway on the 4th of February, and then in Copenhagen on the 5th, they're going to switch mm-hmm. between them. It's like, I'm one, I I wonder if they're going to bring all three of those girls with them on the entire tour. And just, I naturally want to believe that they're going to have, like, use one of them for, like, the majority of the tour and then switch between them the other half, you know, and so on. Mm-hmm. But adding three new people to a to on a tour bus may seem seems to me like a little bit of a hassle. But if they, I think they're probably prepared for it. Well, yeah, and also if you think about the size of the team, I mean, you know, plus or minus two probably doesn't actually matter very much. No. <laughs> um, the, I mean, like we had some kind of hint about this before from a sort of semi-official quiet source that you know this would be sort of subject to availability, basically. You know, so kind of like the comedy band, you know, who's who's available for these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they made they set a good or an interesting precedent by switching the people between the first and second shows. And we'll get to that in a second. But but they had one person in the first night in Yokohama and then somebody different on the second night. So, you know, already we shouldn't, you know, we're we're conditioned to expect change. I like I like change sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we didn't like change when it came to features and songs, but this kind of change, I think, it's going to keep everybody on their toes. And I guess it's, it'd be an interesting way to add more to the cast, too. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so here's what we know. Um, it's, so we, we found out, and people people were pretty quick with the IDs, uh, like they were with Saya before. Um, so night one was Riho Sayashi, uh, and night two was Kano Fujihira. I personally, so so here's where we're starting to get into areas that are, you know, I'm kind of just holding on to this because I, I like I know something about these people, but I didn't know them before. Um, but so Rio Sayashi is somebody who's basically Sue's age, uh, about six months younger, uh, and they were in the actors actor school Hiroshima together. Um, Rio went to Morning Musumi. Is that if that's how you say it? Um, and uh, th- and then and I think only until 2015. So she was w- with them from 2011 to 2015, and, and has been kind of out of the spotlight for a while. Do you know them? I either the I've group never or the person. Neither. Okay. Neither one of them. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's another it's another. From what I read about it, it's something kind of Sakura Gakuin esque. Um, okay. But, you know, I mean, you know, it's the same kind of graduations and entries and things like that you know but you know it's a different organization okay okay so people know people knew her from before interesting sort of uh i don't know bringing together of worlds in a way you know to to bring them back together because uh, i think there was a kind of a uh you know friendly rivalry or something between them 
uh, between Sue and Rio. So, okay, and I, then oh, go ahead. I was going to mention the age of what was it, Kano, right? The second night, she, how isn't she like fourteen or getting ready to be fifteen? Well, yes, yeah. Um, so, so there's a a little bit of a something of a story age there. different age gap. Yeah. Compared to the, compared to um, what was her name? Rio. 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 That's yeah. it. Rio being basically Sue's age. Then they bring a fourteen-year-old out on stage. At, I don't know. Like, I'm not opposed to it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. No. So it isn't. Uh, they didn't just pick an arbitrary fourteen-year-old. <laughs> um, of though, course. Well, uh, um, <laughs> this is a. But it's still it's still a mind-boggling choice to me somehow. But. Um, so Kano Fujihira is currently Sakura Gakuin's president. Um, she's 14 until the end of August. She joined in 2015, so she never overlapped with any Babymodel members. And um, so one thing about her being young is that that, that there's a schedule constraint with performances. Uh, up until she's 15, you know, there's a certain time I think she can't perform after eight or something like that. And then once she turns 15, she can't perform after 10. Um, but at any rate, there's um, that's one one interesting constraint that that brings in. But yeah, so she's drawn straight from Sakura Gakuin. She's apparently super good uh, in that context. She's president, which means actually that the uh, second Yokohama night was entirely manned by you know presidents of Sakura Gakuin at some point, which is <laughs> hilarious. Interesting fact. Uh, and also, actually, um, Kano was in a shuffle unit that performed "Give Me Chocolate" um, earlier. She played the Moa part, but that was and there's no full video of that. But there's like a short twenty second video and an audio clip of that. I'll link the video further. Uh, yes, right. Here you go chat room. Um, yeah, so that's uh, so that means that you know she's had a little bit of experience and I think you know some uh, interest in doing this, and I'm sure it was delightful. For her to get called up for this. Oh yeah, but she was ecstatic. But what's uh, you know, if she's one of the three, and she is presumably one of the three, this could mean that she's you know going to be in, like what a third of the shows. <laughs> so possibly that's pretty huge. Yeah. So anyway, so that's that's a pretty big deal, uh, and it's pretty interesting, and of course that made lots of people happy and lots of people puzzled. Um, I mean, they both did great in what they were there to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll see. But so, um, so at the end of the Yokohama shows, we knew two of these brave Avengers, um, and we knew that there were three. I guess we'll come back to that. But the next thing, I'm, the next thing we will talk about in that context is going to be the Glastonbury show, which was today. But um, anyway, we'll worry about that a little later. Um, we'll talk about the galaxy arc prop. I, I I think I brought it up last episode. Mm-hmm. Have we got any more information on that? It says here, opened up to something, some kind of screen on the inside. Yeah. So so um, Kevin gave us a little more information uh, in our own little private chat room, <laughs> but um, it was not completely clear. But but so the the thing that was um, you know that that object we now know how many sides it has. <laughs> It has eight sides. Um, the thing that was flying around in the New Year's Eve uh, tweet, but um, uh, so that that big thing was a prop, and actually there's a bit of merch too that you can get that also has a little thing. It's like a little nightlight or something. Um, but the the prop actually um, it was there. It lit up, and then uh, and I think it was basically just just cloth around it, and then inside there was this this little thing with flexible screens uh, that was basically in the shape of the. Uh, 
the crash logo. And it sort of flapped around like a butterfly showing clips of their past. So that's neat. Yeah. It was hard to see in the fan cams. Uh, I didn't see it very easily, very well in the fan cams because the lights were too bright and it blew out the phones. Um, But yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was not, you know, edited down to clips that only had Sue and Moa in them. They were, they were, you know, they, he was there too in that, in that sense. So that was cool. Yeah, and I, and I, yeah, I guess we are sort of going from the beginning of the the concert up till when they start, and they started with a song that nobody knew, so everybody <laughs> was trying to guess like, oh, are they going to figure out a way to do Baby Metal Death? Are they going to, you know, are they going to start with In the Name of again? Uh, no, <laughs> nope, nope. They they pulled a Kansas City on us. Well, no, no, Kansas City Distortion already already came out. Sorry. Um, yeah. No, this is a brand new song. Mm-hmm. Out of the blue. Well, so that's pretty cool. Um, the word Arcadia is in the translation that we've, you know, the, the transcription translation that we've got so far of this. But of course, nothing is official. Uh, we have to call it something. I guess tattoo is free now. We could call it tattoo, but no, we're going to call it Arcadia. <laughs> I have not seen that script yet. Uh-huh. In my defense, I heard this song this morning. But okay. I love it. I, I have a lot to say about it. Are we going to sure. wait a little bit later to talk? No, okay, go we'll go and bring it up now. I think in the beginning of it, it sounds a lot like Road of Resistance. It's a lot of, it's, yeah, somebody else in, in the chat room agrees with me. Like, I feel like they use, like, they're using the same arpeggios at first, and then they change them at the last second to make them sound different enough. Mm-hmm. And I, but, like, the rest of the song sounds completely original. There's some interesting time changes, and it's a good, bouncy song, and I love it. I think I like it a lot more than the other ones down the list sometimes, but I, I don't know. I think it's going to grow on me more, mm-hmm. but I like it more than I did Papaya at first. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, my experience with basically, basically every baby metal song with one exception <laughs> that we'll get to shortly. Um, I don't like it at first and then I come to like it. Um, and I'm still in the coming to like it. I think on on Arcadia, it does it does feel like um, you know it it feels like it is kind of uh, someone mentioned this in the chat room too. Slimy Metal mentioned it is kind of it feels a little bit like a fusion of Road of Resistance and Amore, and particularly in the kind of like speed metal aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I um, can see that. It's I guess one of the things that I keep thinking is that it's a little bit weird to open with it because it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't feel like it. It launches the show. It's not a build-up. Yeah. Like, with, like, Baby Metal Death, it was hype, circle pits, right from the get-go. And the, the name of was... I want to say the same thing, but not so much. Like, that was my complaint with it. It was the same thing as this. But this is just, like... It feels like a full song. It's opened with a normal song. They didn't have, like, an intro mm-hmm. kind of song. So, one of the things that made it rough, I think, was that... um Nobody knew it, you know, so mm, yeah. no, one, no one could sort of do anything with it. The other ones, like Baby Metal Death and In the Name of, are just simple, simple songs, right? I mean, like, so mm-hmm. it doesn't take very long to catch on to that. Uh, Arcadia is fairly complex. I mean, like, you know, it, it's sort yeah, of... it's very complex. There's some pretty sweet guitar stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like it's more of a Circle Pit song than a Wall of Death song, but... I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I agree with it being an opening song. If they would have chose this random, like a different song to open with, it should have been Megasune or anything else. Like, Catch Me If You Can, maybe. We haven't heard that one in a while. 
yeah i I bet we're not gonna see that oh we'll see we'll see but in the choreography for puppy they stole a little bit from it (laughs) but (laughs) i think they did that with a few of their songs too similar i can't think of an example off the top of my head but i swear i've had those moments where i go i think i've seen them do that before yeah so i think so i think with arcadia i'm gonna like it eventually and i don't hate it now but i i i kind of feel like it doesn't it hasn't gelled with me yet so um yeah and and that's true i mean we we actually i I say and that's true because i'm reading the chat room (laughs) but uh we only have relatively poor audio about the for this now i mean we have a couple of fan camps so yeah th- once we get the album uh things will go better oh, I'm, I'm scared to hear it on the album because we as previously mentioned they always sound better live yes you're right. like examples like papaya and or like the first time i ever heard it was on those like the studio version and i didn't like it then as soon as i heard it live i'm like oh this is awesome uh, i have more to talk say about that too when we get to the glad to the Glastonbury show too. Yeah. I have a couple other things to say about that, but I, I feel like hearing it live first makes a better impression for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just getting natural worries about hearing the studio version and not holding up to the expectations I've set in my, set in my own head. Yeah, I think um, the conventional wisdom I have always heard in this entire you know time that I've been paying attention to these guys is that the albums are not the place to <laughs> to to go for the best versions of these. Um, and what I should have said probably was a pro shot audio. Um, that's going to be mm-hmm. where the good version is. <laughs> yes. So let's see. Um, what else to say? And that, so we had the, the set list did not change. I don't know how long is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen 12, 13 songs. Amazing. Um, lasted about 70 minutes. So uh, that's, oh. you know, it's long, um, longer than we've had recently, at least. Started with Arcadia and then moved on to Megatsune, mm-hmm. then played Elevator Girl. I was going to say that 70 minutes, there's some controversy with that. Some people like feel like it should be longer. What do you What do you think about that? 70 minutes. It's over an hour. I think over an hour makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. I don't know exactly why... I don't know why they would limit it. Like there are some, there's some easy, easy ways to make it longer. And uh, among the easy ways would be to have like Kamiban solos or, or like lore videos or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, seriously, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be that taxing. I don't think to, uh, you know, like play an extra solo <laughs> for real. Like- uh, so I don't quite know what the, like why those disappeared, but yeah, I mean, we'd all like more. <laughs> Uh, they played it straight through pretty much. I mean, there, so there's um, maybe there's one sort of weird interruption that we can talk about near the end, but otherwise it was really just basically song, 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 and interesting. Okay, so let's see. They played, yeah, they played Elevator Girl. They played Distortion. What else do I want to say? I guess the the Kami band for all of these was Isao, Bo, Hideki, and Leda. However. We know that because we could, you know, we see their heads bob or, you know, we see their instruments. I, my first thought, like, they're wearing masks, by the way. Mm-hmm. They, they look look like ghouls and ghosts. They, I, I like it. I dig it. But aside from the instruments they're playing, we can't prove that's who they are, I think. Well, I think a lot of them are dead giveaways anyway, but I think they could pull a fast one on us if need be. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it feels like they are 
becoming, you know, they're, they're being made to be more anonymous than they were. And I think they were, mm-hmm. you know, they were pretty, they were pretty non-anonymous before. I mean, they, you know, they they had their, their little antics that they were doing in the back and, you know, everybody knew how everybody's character. And I think, you know, the effect, I don't mind the effect, but I, just because I know them now, I don't want them to be hidden like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like their their personalities being covered up so much. But but anyway, so that's I, I expect we're gonna just be seeing that for you know the next forty whatever shows. <laughs> so uh, so no more no more you know like bald painted bow head. It's gonna be you know it'll Mask. still be bow. But and the yes, I guess we mentioned this, but the the Avengers were uh, Riho on day one and Kano on day two. So. Uh, okay, so they finished Distortion, and then the next thing they did was another new song that nobody had heard before. And uh, did you, I don't know if you want to start talking about that at all. I, I the first time I've, I think I've heard a, cent, a sitar in a baby metal song, um, I found it very interesting. I I think I so as as of right now, it's my least favorite that I've heard. I don't. I don't dig it all that much. I think the guitar parts are cool, but and obviously Sue's vocal abilities are phenomenal throughout. It's just I don't like the sound of it. If I have, if I'm gonna have one baby metal song, I don't really care for. It's gonna be this one. That's interesting. That's interesting. That is pretty much exactly the opposite yeah. view that I have. <laughs> okay, again, I I'm pretty sure I have the old grow on me syndrome, so I'm sure over time I'll grow to enjoy it but as of right now it's not my favorite like i'll probably listen to it again tonight before i go to bed but yeah uh, keep listening to it now uh, for me yes like um uh as i was saying before like you know this is one of the ones like one of the only ones that just immediately i thought this is great <laughs> you know um that's, that's how i felt about arcadia interesting all right well that's that's you know interesting diversity in the fan fan base yes Okay, so yeah, so the um, the song itself, we've been you know we've taken to calling it shanty uh, because that's essentially what they say first. Um, they say this a couple times right at the beginning. Uh, the song sounds like it's like a baby metalized version of a Bollywood song, basically, um, and you know so it's got this this kind of like Indian feel to it, uh, and also Sue sings you know, in that style. And it's amazing. I mean, like, so that's one of the most amazing things too. Is I, that, I, I agree with that. She does sound amazing. Yeah. In this song, different style, you know, completely different style mm-hmm. from what she's done before. And she nailed it. It's so when I first, my thoughts on this are that it probably, I don't know Bollywood songs very well. My guess is that this is actually not that far off from an actual Bollywood song. You know, like this is, this is, this is the way, they sound um it's heavy heavier probably you know it fits their their um what's the name of that well you know the songs they know how to play repertoire mm-hmm. was the word i was looking for <laughs> but it's like it's a whole different style for them i feel like they don't have any other songs anywhere near it and john metal in the chat said he got an egyptian vibe or an egyptian feel for it and i think i kind of agreed on my first listen to it, and then i i started picking up on the sitar and stuff my god like, oh, this is more indian yeah, I mean it's got it, well, it uses that um uh I forget what to, what you call it but it, you know there's a mode. It has it it is in that um kind of minorish mode that could evoke Egyptian I suppose but um mm-hmm. but anyway, it uh it's it really drives. Um it really um it really just makes you just want to like jump up and through the whole thing. <laughs> um 
and it's very catchy. The choreography is really interesting. Um, oh, and the visuals were stunning in, um, particularly in the Yokohama shows. Uh, suddenly the, the whole backdrop turned into sort of like yellow orange, you know, psychedelic stuff. Is there, um, um, cell phone footage of this yet? I haven't seen the song live yet. I've only heard, I've only heard oh. it live. I haven't watched the video. Yes. Uh, there are. Okay. So there are a couple of fan cams, uh, they're, you know, by now hard to find because they, they all get nuked immediately, but I, I should start calling them fan cams. I keep calling them cell phone videos and that's not accurate. <laughs> right. So there, there's sort of one particularly good one that really sort of showed it pretty, pretty closely. I mean, it's jumpy like they all are, but yeah, I mean the, the background was super impressive and they used a lot of like live video fed into it. So, uh, you might remember how Yava worked in, um, Big Fox Festival, you know, where they had like the lightning from their hands and stuff. And they did, they did kind of something like that with the Shanti, uh, video, you know, that they, they incorporated them into the, into the background that was kaleidoscoping around. Really cool. For me, that was basically like the highlight of the concert. I will have to definitely watch it when we're finished here. I have yeah. it pulled up in its app waiting for me. Maybe we can move on a little bit from that. Uh, so there's, um, after, after Shanti, they did Starlight. They did Syncopation, which was sort of interesting. One note about that is that Syncopation is kind of famous for being a song that has never been played outside Japan. It was not on the international release of the Metal Resistance album. It was only on the Japan version they had um, from Dust to Dawn instead. And since they stuck that in this set list, you know, now we wonder what what's going to be in that spot in the outside Japan stuff, you know? Are they finally going to play Syncopation outside? I hope they do. Yeah, I do too. But, um, but otherwise, then you know, there's something else that's going to go there. I might, if they played From Dusk Till Dawn instead of that, I might be okay with that. But I, well, yeah, I, it's only been played once in the United States, hasn't it? And that's our exactly. That's ours. Is it the the Hollywood? Palladium? Is that how you Palladium, pronounce it? Yeah. Palladium, yeah. Palladium. Yeah, that is also the Palladium show is also sort of famous for having cameras everywhere and then never getting anything released. <laughs> Very frustrating. But uh, so okay, they played Yava. That's cool. Um, and they did the fire thing with the you know the, what I was referring to from the Big Fox Festival. They did that as well. the The video apparently was great. Um, you know, like the sort of whoever was doing the the video production on the screens was, was uh, doing their job. <laughs> uh, did, did you see pa- Did you see Papaya? I saw it at the um the, at the Glastonbury one. I did not watch it for the uh, fan cams of Yokohama. Yokohama. Okay. Uh, so the thing you know what's what's um special about that is that they actually had F Hero there. You know, so this is going to be oh, this was the place when I was going to be talking about that stuff. <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah, I, I watched the clip of that part. I yeah. was gonna talk about. Well, I'll get to it. I'll get to it later. But I did for sure see the clip of that. I didn't see the entire thing, but I did see him coming up on the raising platform and doing his part. I thought it was pretty pretty epic. It looked pretty wild. Um, it. Uh, oh, and by the way, maybe I should also mention. Um, there was just you know earlier today there was a uh, it's probably like a news program or a, or a morning show or something like that that in Japan that showed a little bit of pro shot video from that show, which means that I think there's pretty high odds that we will get to see that in you know better than fan cam versions. 
because uh, we know it exists and they gave it to a TV station. <laughs> so can't wait. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very dramatic. You know, like the, the way the song goes, you know, it's sort of, they go through a lot of it first. Um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, there's this sort of like rap break kind of in, I don't know, second, third, 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 I don't know, l later in the song. And so at that point they, they, you know, introduced F hero and he kind of like appeared in this, like on this raised stage, kind of stood very still, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> did his part. Um, and, uh, in fact, he actually, um, he he did a little bit more in the show than he did in the recording. You know, he sort of, he kept participating after he started through the end of it, um, which I think helped a little bit. It integrated him better in the song. At least the person near the fan cam, uh, you know, or at least the people near there um, were really into it. I mean, they were just, they were, they were very delighted to have this start and have him show up. And, and he was referred to at all times as F hero. <laughs> of course they couldn't, I wonder if they even know. Well, of course, yeah. Uh, surely they do. Surely, but yeah. I mean, the, the so the the thing we're sort of you know, I guess referring to here is just the uh, uh, the actual name that he goes by is you know yeah. sort of more obscene in the West than uh, he may have intended. But um, the thing is, he's such a lovable guy. <laughs> it's so incongruous. So many mixed emotions. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, so that was, I think that was a big hit. And then they, and then, you know, as we were kind of waiting to see what was coming next, you know, they started going into the obvious things. So they did, um, give me chocolate and they did karate and they did the one. And what was weird is, and then they kept playing. <laughs> so they did the one and that it wasn't weird. the end. That's crazy. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> started, started off without like a, with a brand new random song. And then they ended without not. They ended on "Road of Resistance." Yeah, which is. I mean, they've ended on that song before too, but but uh, not after the one. I I can't say that for certain, but I bet that's true. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty amazing. Um. Yeah, the stage. The stage. I guess we haven't actually really talked much about the stage, but for most of the show, they were on this this kind of like disc uh, that had. On its sides, it had video screens that they were playing stuff on, like fire and, you know, like psychedelic things all, all along. It's possible, actually, that the thing they were standing on. Well, no, I don't think they had video under them, but they had video around them. Um, and then they had these, underneath it, there were these sort of spark generators that made the thing look like it was, like, you know, taking off as, like, a rocket. <laughs> I have not seen that yet. I cannot wait for to see better video yeah. of this. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. But, uh... Yeah, so so they you know they they closed it off with road of resistance. They did you know they did we are, uh, and they left. Um, one thing I skipped that I probably should have uh, mentioned is that on the way to the one, uh, they had a little. There was a little break, the only break in the whole the whole show really, um, which was this little weird video that had kind of like an EDM vibe to it it's super effect super affected you know vocals on sue uh very you know um seizure inducing <laughs> visuals uh and i'm not sure what the i don't know i don't know what to make of that uh i mean i think functionally it was so they could get dressed for the one but it was a it was a, just an interesting little thing that was unlike anything i'd seen them do before I, it's hard to admit i haven't seen I've, i have no idea what you're talking about it's like just hearing it like that sounds kind of off for them. Yeah, if you listen to so 
even if you just listen to the audio of the whole thing. Um, I mean, seeing it is interesting, uh, except there's, except it's really just a lot of just flashing weird imagery and letters going by and stuff like that. Occasionally they'll form into think words, you know, or something, but, but you can hear, you can hear it. You, I mean, like it is obvious when you're listening to it, what, what has happened. Uh, it sounds like another song, uh, sort of, except it's just, you know, there's no performers on stage. It's just the, the video. I kind of doubt it's going to be an actual song, but it could be. I'll have to go back and re-listen to that, too, because I watched, listened to the entire thing. I may have just skipped over it. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, I think we might be... Oh, yeah, so, so one note about this, though. Uh, if you were sort of keeping score of the songs as they went by, uh, you might realize that none of those songs were Sue Metal uh, solos. I did not notice that. And, of course, there were no Moa solos. We wouldn't even know what one was, but there's certainly no, um, like, GJ or anything like that. Um, there were no solos at all. There were no Kami solos either. <laughs> Just everybody playing the whole time through. Interesting. I don't know what that means for the future, but that's what happened so far. Uh, I can't imagine that there's not going to be some solos in Legendum. I really hope so. I have speculation about that, too. But we know we do have Sue, um, Sue solos on the album out. They didn't. They didn't play Karagu. Is that how you pronounce it? I forgot already. <laughs> oh, um, Kag- Ka- Kagero. Kagero. Okay, not tattoo. Kagero. Okay. Yeah. It's. I'm, I have to break that habit. Uh. Okay. So then, the lore video at the end. Um. I think this was at the end. The episode is called Metal Resistance Episode Eight: Odyssey to the Metal Galaxy. So, all the little hashtags that we remember from the New Year's Eve tweet. And they talked about various things. I think they announced. I think they announced the album and the Japan tours there. Um, but then there was this intriguing thing at the end. It said 2020-10-10. Beginning in 2010, the Odyssey to the Metal Galaxy continues, and after 10 years, XX Day will be approaching in 2020. Um, which the interpretation of that would be mm-hmm. uh, October 10th, 2020. They're going to do a 10th anniversary event, which is fantastic. Who knows what they're going to do with that, but that's really cool. Major show, says Metal Bart in the chat. Uh, mm-hmm. It's probably a safe bet it's going to be in Japan if they're going to release the album. Well, they have the album release show in the United States, then the 10-year thing's definitely going to be in Japan. Oh, yeah, and it's going to be huge. And, you know, if if there was one time that we might, you know, get the band back together, that might we might be it, right? I mean, you know, yeah. You know, it seems to me like it's pretty, pretty much uh, certain that at the very least she'll get a mention. <laughs> you know, it would be surprising to me if she weren't actually there. Who knows? You know, the nothing about performing, but it'd be very surprising if she weren't actually, you know, there. That's a long time in the future, so that's what I'm, the year, year and a half or something, year and a bit. So you know, we'll see. We still, we still have to see what she does, if anything, in public. Uh, on our own. So, October tenth, twenty twenty. They're still going to be going because they're going to make it to the tenth. Ten years. That's a long time. Absolutely. Whole, whole decade. A decade of baby metal. Meanwhile, in the in the chat room, I might want to point out that uh, Kevin, who is not recording with us, is instead going around taking photos of like the temple that they recorded uh, Magitsune in, <laughs> or the video from it. So that's cool. Very cool. I guess he's doing something probably better than we are. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd trade him spots in a heartbeat. 
So the choice of the 10th anniversary being October 10th, 2020 is, it's pretty close to the 10th uh, show. I think they're, I think they're actual, I think the actual per- first performance of Doki Doki Morning was a little later than that. So November or something, we, we would have, oh, okay, October 28th, says the chat room. <laughs> he's, he's got that on lock, he had it ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty close to on the nose, and of course, you know, they wanted to be able to use the X's, so it's going to be October 10th, no matter what reality says. <laughs> okay, uh, what else to say? Oh, um, one other thing, this is this is sort of like unconfirmable rumors and things, but uh, as you recall, the Avenger for Day 2 was Kano, president of Sakura Gakuin, and it appears that uh, there were 11 girls in masks escorted in and out of the show, uh, which is almost certainly... Sakura Gakuin all attending that show. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, and surely they would. I think we might be just about done with this set of shows. Um, are you ready? Is there anything else you wanted to say about those? Probably not. Um, nope, that's that's about all I have for Yokohama. I think I have a lot more to talk about Glastonbury, though. Right. Okay, so... Boy, we're I, here. I thought we were going to be burning through these news items, and <laughs> yeah, no, we're like we're we're ways in now. We're we're elbow deep. Okay, uh, so they had this ridiculous schedule where um, they stuck Glastonbury immediately after the second Yokohama show. Uh, some of us were thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe the reason the Yokohama second Yokohama show was earlier by like two and a half hours, three hours, or something, potentially just so they could make it to the plane. Now it might actually just be, you know, to comply with Japanese law on when minors can work, but <laughs> at any rate. Mm-hmm. So it was a tight, tight flight, but they made it, uh, and they so they were playing on the other stage at 2.35 to 3.15 on Sunday, June 30th. Uh, okay, so why don't you, you go ahead and start saying the things you wanted to say. I want to say that, again, that they didn't play in the name of, or... Any, any open days opened or opened with Megatsune again. Um, Papaya, we found out that what when they play Papaya right after Distortion, that we'll get to the sound check. Chill down. Um, <laughs> we when we did Papaya, we those kind of some speculation of what they're going to do if when F Hero wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like to bring up that it was a pretty sweet like little. It almost seemed improvised, like not like on the spot right then and there, but like. It wasn't as premeditated as the whole song. Like, well, who was it? it was Letta that played it, right? It was like a little guitar melody that went went over his rap verse. Yeah, so it well, sounded like yeah. They 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 played they so so during during the F Hero part, there was you know they played one guitar started playing, and I did think it was improvised, except then the other guitar came in and harmonized with it. So that means that I think it actually had been preplanned. So they were they were definitely. You know, they were both in on it. It was it. It had a mm. it had a kind of improvised feel, but I but I think they were I think they were both playing together. I think it worked well for not ha- for having a rap uh, another rap another artist rap verse in the background playing. I think I like that a little bit. more. I don't know. Mm. I like to see F Hero play it live with them, but that was also pretty epic. Yeah, well, I think I mean up until that point, we didn't know what they were going to do with that spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, were they going to? And what they essentially did was they played the back, played the backing track and then noodled noodled over it in some way, you know. So it was still there, but it wasn't quite as prominent. Other options could have been putting something else in there altogether, 
dropping it and just have having Kami solos throughout, or you know maybe just having some in-house <laughs> rapping. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, so now we know now we know probably what they're going to continue to do for the rest. I I think I'm happy with it. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what I was expecting other than this, but I like it. Yeah. Okay. So let's see a couple things to maybe say about this. Uh, the Kami band changed a little bit. Um, Omura was there, so we had Leda, Omura, Bo, and Hideki. Um, and the Avenger was Ryo. So the same as the first night uh, at Yokohama. So we still don't know who the third Avenger is. Ugh. Do we know? Do we have any ideas on who it could be? Like, oh, any there are as many, yeah, as many different ideas as there are people. <laughs> oh, Lord. Everybody wants to name their, you know, favorite, uh, favorite currently working and happy at their job, you know, SG graduates. <laughs> we'll see. But I mean, yeah, so the mystery is still open um, until we get the third person. We don't know who the third person in the roster is. Um, what was cool about the Glastonbury show? I mean, so Glastonbury, I don't know if we talked about this much before, but I mean, it's like an arts festival. Um, I think we did mention last time that it was sold out in October, uh, long before anybody knew who was playing, at least long before we knew Baby Model was playing. So nobody was there for them. So that that makes it an interesting challenge because it's you know it's once again going in front of people who don't know who you are, don't know what they're doing, don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing, you know, aren't really particularly interested. And so their job was to win them over, which is amazing. Um, and they claimed in the interview that that's what they like to do. I don't know. I think they did a pretty well, pretty good job at it. To, at in addition to that, like I during Papa Yali, they got Sue got everybody to jump. During the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they did. I think they succeeded. Uh, I think they did what they set out to do. But um, but it did, um, you know, it makes for it makes for a sort of like rough looking start. You know, it's like a bunch of people wandering around not, not really knowing what's happening and, you know, thinking this is kind of dumb gimmick or whatever. Yeah, whatever their first impressions may be. And then they give it a chance and then they're addicted and then they're standing there and having a great time. That's how it works. So Glastonbury is a big, big deal. Um, you know, people, people go, you know, people go on the strength of the fact that it is a thing, you know, that they don't care Mm -hmm. who's playing. They just go. Um, and it's a big enough deal that the BBC streamed everything. Um, and also showed some of it on TV, but there were streams of, of all the different stages and all the different things. Uh, and so among the things that they were streaming was the other stage where they were playing. So everybody gathered into the, you know, the discord at the appointed hour <laughs> and, you know, searched around for various people who had, were streaming the streams. And, um, so baby metal was, they started a little late. Like they, I, th- I think they started basically like two minutes late and ended two minutes late. So their actual set was pretty much exact. Uh, but the stream started on time. And so what that means is that we actually, the very first thing we heard was like this interesting acapella Sue doing a Megizune sound check. And then they you know, tested out the the backing track and it was, it's, it was glorious and totally what, not what we were supposed to hear, but it was great. I don't know. I, I assume you, I, you heard that. I just heard it. Somebody linked in the chat. Yeah. That would be very fun to hear. Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody listening was like, what are we hearing? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. What is this? This is like, you know, it's, it's like somebody's handing us all gold, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, cause they're, they're, 
having fun, you know, trying it out. You can hear everybody saying, you know, okay, everybody ready in the front? <laughs> and off they go. Sound checks are like one of the main motivators for me to get into any band's show live. Like, or at least big ones. I, I feel like they're more, like, I don't know, it's just more exciting to hear a big band like Baby Metal like sound check. And I don't know why it's so fascinating to me, but I've always had, I've always enjoyed sound checks. I feel like, I feel like they set the tone. If you're there early enough, you're gives you an insight of what they're going to be playing to because mm-hmm. they're not going to sound check a song they're not going to be playing yeah it could be I think a lot of times when I've seen sound checks it's actually been you know underlings who do the sound checking so that's less interesting mm-hmm. yeah so aside from baby metal like all the other bands I listen to are primarily like just show up and play mm-hmm. baby metal is such a bigger scale like it's still kind of cool that they sound check themselves like they Omura doesn't have his um, guitar tech on stage sound checking for him. It's actually him playing. So, let's see. Um, anyway, the sound check was a delightful bonus. Um, but yeah, so they, they played Magitsune. Oh, and this is all a question now pro shot. Right, so we have festival cameras on this. Uh, this looks good. I want, yeah, it was, I want to at least mention the quality. I feel like it's probably one of the better like pro shot quality videos we've gotten in a while. Yeah, um, except the mixing was a little iffy yeah. in a lot of spaces, uh, places, um, and at least the one, the, the stream of the stream that I was watching had pretty bad sound. Um, the downloaded stream that I've listened to since sounds better, so it wasn't as horrible as I first thought it was in terms of audio, but uh, it's still it's still so-so. Um, it's, I think for the ones that, so like, for the songs that we did not have live versions of except for these fan cams at Yokohama this is probably better but um, a lot, some of the problems I think were particularly they mixed Sue's vocals down awfully low um, so like it was hard to hear her and even worse uh, from what I hear when you're actually there uh, in the audience that's a huge bummer yeah so let's see they played Megitsune they played Elevator Girl we could finally you know we could see the choreography for that and then they played the Shanti song and my belief, yours probably is not like this, but my belief mm-hmm. is that that is when they won the crowd. Possibly. I haven't seen the video yet, so I could be changed over very quickly. At any rate, we definitely got a, a really nice view of the choreography, which is really interesting. It's And and they made use of the screen behind them as well. They, they did a fair amount of the... It wasn't quite as elaborate as the Yokohama show, but they did have a pretty elaborate background going during that so you know currently of course there are something like two versions of this on video and the Glastonbury one isn't the best one like I'm getting ready to watch I was gonna gonna bring up Papa Ya Mm -hmm. they um BBC uploaded a video of Papa Ya oh yeah that's right Glastonbury officially they did Mm mhm it's and that's that was the first time I've seen the choreography for it. I've only ever heard the audio of Poppy up until now. I didn't watch any fan cam footage of it yet, but it's great. It is. Like, it's fun, goofy. I love it. I think, yeah. At the beginning, I still, I still we can go back to Poppy off for another 25 minutes here, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be one of their bigger songs now. I think everybody's starting to grow to like it a lot more than they were. But I feel like the live pro shot of Glass of. Uh, of Gloss and Bray was what really did it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just there you could really see quite clearly how much fun they were having. Um, 
what's kind of amusing, you know, the the thing that the BBC posted, uh, the you know sort of pro shot video of Papaya is blocked in the UK. That is interesting because if you're in the UK, you're supposed to use the iPlayer. Okay, what else to say? I think uh, so. It was actually it was a pretty long set. It seemed like um, they played. Yeah, so where are we? Magitsune, Elevator Girl, Shanti, Distortion, Papaya, Give Me Chocolate, Karate, Road of Resistance. So. Um, and they ended, you know, right on time. I mean, like, like they really packed it in there. They they sort of started performing during a lore video, <laughs> and they kind of walked off during one too. There was no, you know, big voiceover guy. There was just like words. They didn't they didn't promote Brixton. I don't know what they were thinking, or at least it, it didn't. I didn't see it on the mm. stream. I think I think there might have been something on the screen that didn't make it on the stream. But I mean, like, what was the point of this? Was to bring people to Brixton? <laughs> Has Brixton sold out yet? Or is it even close? Last I heard, it had not. Um, I think the Glastonbury will will do it, but but we'll see. I think I will. There's maybe one other thing to say. Just after Baby Metal played, after them was supposed to be Bring Me the Horizon. Um, Those they were listed on the schedule, and even during the stream, you saw a little thing saying, "Yeah, coming up next, Bring Me the Horizon." But weirdly. As soon as Baby Metal was done, they put a little thing up saying, you know, the artist has requested not to broadcast this. So they did that. They actually played. So the people in the festival heard Bring Me the Horizon, but uh, they didn't stream it. This is relevant for mm. a couple of reasons. Um, one reason that it was relevant was that there was some, you know, sort of mutual interest expressed between uh, Baby Metal and maybe particularly Moa Metal and Bring Me the Horizon. And the, I guess it was the Bring Me the Horizon staff, uh, posted a backstage photo of, of Sue and Mo actually like watching a monitor of this show happening, which is super cool. That is cool. The, the actual thing that was posted was really this annoying, irritating, you know, movie that had this picture in the middle and then a bunch of stuff like goofing around on the edges. But, you know, the, the photo itself is pretty cool. Uh, we haven't seen a backstage photo for a long time. So, they did play, and they were seen. Um, there was there was kind of a hint, uh, which I'll get to in a second, uh, that there might have been some kind of collaboration between these people. But mm. um, And so people thought maybe that was going to happen, you know, that they would show up in one another's sets, but then, like, nothing did happen. So, anyway. So the reason that we had some thought that they were going to do this, uh, but a little bit before, so I want to jump to the the GQ interview first. Um, okay. There was a print interview from GQ. Um, I forget what day it was, but it was, you know, recently. Uh, in fact, I had missed the, the existence of this entirely, but it was a little bit in, in advance of the Glastonbury show. Um, and it was a print interview. It was, you know, it actually was, there wasn't a lot of content in there, to be honest. Um, they, I think one of the things that, that maybe made me not even notice it was that one of the answers that they they gave to one of the questions was talking about the difference between the the like US and UK audiences and the and the Japanese audiences and how the Japanese audiences would sing along with mo metal and the US audiences would sing along with su metal and you know it's like all right I've read all this before <laughs> um mm-hmm. but at the end there was a, a little bit of a tease about there being a band there at the at Glastonbury that they always hang with at many festivals and that there might be something special. And that was the thing that made people think that there was going to be some collaboration, but then nothing happened. Okay. So, um, I think maybe the last big thing 
that we have to mention um, is that uh, Enemy New Music Express, I think this is, uh, got an interview after Glastonbury, and it's amazing. Uh, you just saw this, so what was your impression? I, I think there was a lot of good information in there. I did find it interesting they spoke half of it in English and half of it in Japanese. Mm-hmm. I, and I have mixed emotions about that, because like, though on one hand it is great to hear them speaking English, because that's what I understand, but they're so much more fluent in Japanese that their thoughts are better expressed in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought... I was still pretty blown away by how good they were. Oh yeah, um, for sure. At the for beginning, sure. Um, they did basically the first half in English completely, and you know, mostly it was Sue talking, but but um, Mo did a little, and yeah. even her English was quite good. Uh, Sue mentioned that elevator about elevator girl it being a a tale about becoming more mature and growing up into an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Not sure I entirely get it, you know, from the lyrics uh, yeah, or whatever. I didn't, I didn't catch it from the song, but that that's what that was our motivation of writing the song. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, uh, it's all, not even just the lyrics, but sort of like the style of it, I think, is, is kind of also what they were going for. It's a little bit more, it's less little kid-like. Mm-hmm. So There is a serious meaning behind it, and it's not just for... Bouncing up and down, like I, the, the whole going up, going down thing, can be relative to maturity level, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So then they they switched to for the second half, they switched to Japanese with English subtitles. You know, sort of loose or not super thorough English subtitles, but at any rate, and that was when they were sort of talking about the the like the meaning of Elevator Girl. The interviewer then asked about you know sort of how characteristic this song is. On the album, and they said the answer was sort of interesting in that it was they said kind of, you know, we're not going to answer that. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> album's just like a bunch of different things. This is one of the different things. <laughs> they said they said yeah. it was like a toy box. Yeah, well, well, to be honest, but what we heard so far, I I can't. How many? I mean, can somebody count up the songs they've released or they've played so far off the new album? I think the toy box has been a bit of an understatement. Yeah, I think. No, no two songs sound the same. And if yeah. there's 16 songs on this record, I'm willing to bet all of them are going to sound radically different. Yeah, it seems like it. it except for like, Arcadia, which sounds like a couple of others. Kind of like Rotor Resistance, but compared to any of the other songs they've released off of Metal Galaxy, then yeah. if, there's, if they're going to have like a, a shreddy ballad type song, I think Arcadia is going to be it. Mm-hmm. And Elevator Girl is going to be the more cutesy childish one and then Papia being the bouncy fun one and so on yeah and we don't know I mean like it seems pretty unlikely that these songs any of these songs are not going to be on it but I mean it's, it's not impossible that the little pile of songs we've gotten already are an EP that's separate or something like that they have by several yeah. streaming services been kind of like listed together mm-hmm. um so I mean, that raises the question about in the name of and where that's going to be, since right. they haven't been playing it. Is that even a song on the record, or was that just a placeholder for them to walk out on stage? Yeah, could be. I mean, like it could be too too dark era to go on the new album. Who knows? Yeah, uh, but then I mean, so so would distortion be, right? So who knows? Of oh, two discs, dark side, light side, could be. Uh, the interviewer did even sort of early on in the English part, which. You know, maybe that was just as well said, you know, something along the lines of, uh, I don't know, I forget what it was exactly, but it was something sort of like, you know, how, how has it been 
you know, sort of dealing with the departure of UE Metal. And uh, they just kind of said, well, that makes us stronger. <laughs> and they dropped it at that. I wish they would have said more. I wish they would have hinted anything to do with her, but... Yeah, I, I mean, so... It's like... I think you were I think you were right, you know, before we were started recording about uh, the idea that they knew that question was coming, you know, um, and they yeah. had some plan for it. Because I feel, I feel like Mola just spat it out, like, she, she was ready for the question, yeah. and that's such a, like, I don't know how to describe it other than, like, an easy out type answer. Because it didn't even really involve UE, just they just went, it completely dodged the topic of UE and said, oh, it's making... Sue metal and Moa metal closer. Yeah. When I was thinking, so what I was thinking about with that was that, I mean, like I, I too would sort of like to hear the story. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I would have wanted them to do differently though, in a sense, because in this situation, they're in a five minute interview. They've, they've got to sort of like promote their stuff and be happy and stuff. And almost anything they could say about this is like, Oh, it's been a terrible challenge. We've missed her dearly or whatever you know and mm-hmm. they even then probably can't even talk about what the circumstances are so thinking about it a little more i couldn't th- i couldn't figure out what they what they should have done differently if they were going to say something else so my my conclusion is it's you know it's sort of not the right context you maybe were taking moa's statement a little bit too lightly maybe it has deep meaning oh they, they both miss her very much and it's forced them to be closer. And so it's like showing their, their side of the feelings too. And not just though they do, they still leave the question of what happened in the dark, but there's, but she's also answering of how, what they're doing to change it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, you know, sort of how they are changed by the circumstance, you know? Yeah. I don't think I had much more I wanted to say about that, except just that it's amazing. We've got it. You know, suddenly, suddenly we now have stuff. You know, an actual interview mm-hmm. not there was there was actually one only the fox code knows answer but otherwise we're getting some actual content here that makes it feel a little bit like they're certainly what sue said was not entirely scripted she was kind of fishing for words and stuff mm-hmm. turns out moa and sue both like billy eilish oh yeah that's that jumped out at me as like okay this is um somebody told them to say this <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's it's pretty much the same, I think, as the uh, UE using, saying, you know, oh, I like Cannibal Corpse. Like, yeah, no, you don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, there's no way. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a funny thing for them to say. Uh, and I think with this, they picked somebody and they said, OK, well, I'll say this. Uh, or maybe there really is some kind of collaboration or something. There's some reason that they picked this person. But I think they picked this person ahead of time uh, because part of the reason I believe that is that they also mentioned her in the GQ interview. So this is an answer that they were prepared for. We probably should quit. You know, internet is we're filled, the internet is getting full of big metal news, <laughs> so no room for us anymore. Anyway, I think that that's all the major topics. Um, you know, we're we're about to hit the Brixton show. It's July second. Um, I don't know for sure if the people out in the world, uh, not in the chat room, will hear this before that has happened, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. It's you know I'm fairly sure the Glastonbury show is going to uh, help the sales of, the, of Brixton. Um, oh yeah, Metal Incarnate just posted a uh, reminded me of a photo. No, Toys Factory. The um, I don't know what their relationship is. Some kind of label. Uh, I th- you know I, I believe that the videos and maybe the music is through Toys Factory in some 
way. Uh, but anyway, they they produced a new a new sort of like two person image of Sue and Ma that uh, it's pretty weird looking actually, to be honest. <laughs> but it's nice and it's colorful and you know you can see it around. It's um, uh, it makes them both look relatively old, actually. What else I was going to say? Oh, we are we all let us all take a moment of you know silent thought for Faku, who got his passport stolen on the way to the airport that for the Japan shows and couldn't so go to bad. any of them. It's so terrible. Yes, um, that was that's so unfortunate. Yeah, um, he. I mean, you know, so not everybody would necessarily know him, but uh, he's he kind of runs one of the like baby metal news Twitter accounts and he keeps lots of stuff going on the reddit and does a bunch of you know blog posts and uh keeps spreadsheets going and things and uh it's really just um like you know he deserves it more than anybody to go to these things and and uh went to a lot of trouble to be able to and then couldn't at the last second so uh anyway we all we're sorry that happened you know we're sympathetic and we hope he gets through it and we you know whatever hope he gets his pass a new passport and everything you know that kind of technical stuff settles down but it's a uh, uh, it's really just awful to hear about that uh any last thoughts um final thoughts being i feel really bad for faku i i knew about it whenever as it was ha- as we found out i felt really bad um i'm excited i'm gonna go to the kansas city show again this year i'm gonna try and go to the forum can't wait for those it's gonna be be a great year for great year for baby metal hopefully 2020 and their 10 year anniversary is something great we can all look forward to and if they do have one of their big giant 20 no 60 70,000 people arena shows in Japan I want to try and go there go to my first make that my first Japan show that'd be pretty sweet oh and pigtails are back excited about that light side yes I think that's the key difference between light side and dark side is the pigtails <laughs> could be could well be that we were reminded by the people in the chat room that we didn't mention the outfits, but of course they did change, and they're quite good. They're nice. Um, the they're back to something that seems a little bit more basic, and it's a little bit more kind of like the original shape. You know, they're they're dresses again of of a sort. They're not you know warrior outfits or elaborate you know whatever those things were in Australia. <laughs> um, no more head headgear or headbands or anything. Yeah. So. You know, it uh, it could well be that this is what the light side looks like. It seems like maybe so. Um, but I I like them. They're great. Anyway, uh, and you have 40-something shows to see photos of them in. <laughs> Looking forward to every one. Yeah. Okay, so I think I, I have nothing particular further to add, and I think this is coming in at, you know, practically two hours long. So yep. <laughs> since the internet can't quite support us anymore um i will say that's it for this episode uh, you can join us on the baby metal podcast discord to continue the conversation rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it so please do that we'll be back here in about two weeks and we hope you'll join us then and until then see you <laughs>